When we reach out for things in life, what are we reaching for and who are we reaching to? That's actually what we talk about here today in the podcast, Risking to Reach for God. Welcome to Crossroads 98 uh, here at Crossroads Community Church. This is Steve Hollis, and I'm sitting across from Eddie Hammond, our senior pastor, and we're glad that you've enjoyed, joined us today and, and uh, have uh, chosen to click on that button, to, uh, to, on that link rather, um, to listen to a few things that we have to say. And so we're glad you're here with us today. Well, Eddie, uh, it's great to see you and I hope that you're doing well. With a little warm out, but it's nice and cool in here, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, yep, yep. definitely a little muggy. Uh, storms have come through and and are probably trying to come through. I think it's still kind of in the uh, in the area, I suppose, in the region. But it uh, it is nice to be in a in a place where it, it feels good. So it is. So um, how are things uh, going on the uh, the the front here at, at Crossroads? How are we how you doing? Well, I'm doing. That's what you <laughs> you got to keep doing. That's the point, you know. We continue to pray and um, move forward to the direction God wants us to go. You know, we live in a crazy world, and Christ is our only rock. And we you know I, we talk about that a lot. But uh, and the thing is about uh, we can't get bogged down in our problems and our doubts and whatever. Uh, men's group this morning we talked about Zechariah and when the angel Gabriel called him came to him and said you're going to have a son in your old age he didn't believe him so he made him mute and I says boy maybe if God did that how many of us come to church on Sunday morning if we doubted God we, none of us would be able to talk we'd have to use sign language or write everything out. Yeah. <laughs> you know but that, that's what it is and this uh, I think it's just realizing as scripture continues to point to the future that um, we have to stay strong in Christ because our surroundings aren't aren't going to get any better, so to speak. We know what end times look like, and many believe that we're in them now. I, I don't know that for sure, but uh, we can't let the events of the world and in our country crush us. We have to stay positive in Christ. That's what right. I'm trying to say. Well, and, and what we... What we will be discussing a little bit uh, during the, the part of uh, the meat of this podcast will be about the fact of of our relationship. Just like I introed in today, we are always reaching out for something. Mm-hmm. And it's where we put our attention and our time. So if you are putting your attention and time in news and the happenings or the political wars or the, the what-ifs, rather than the intention of putting your your attention on God and your relationship with mm-hmm. Him and where your heart is beating fully for Him, His desire being your desire, then I believe then, then we get miscued. We, it, we get off base, even if it's just a little, and we begin to become disconnected. And when we reach out for God, for God and, and we not only grab a hold of Him, but He grabs a hold of us and we lean in Him, that's what we've got to do. Every single day, lean into Him, not into the news, not into what happened overnight, what's happening today. We have a tendency to be addicted to that kind of stuff, yeah, sure. and it just takes us down the wrong alley. Yep. And so, um, it's 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 good to be here with you folks today, and and uh, we hope that you find your foundation, your firm foundation in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, let's pray, and we'll get right into this today. 
Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your love and uh, the laughter that you bring to us and the joy through our obedience in you. That's, that's it. I talked to someone today, Lord, uh, early on about our obedience being first and foremost, then receiving the joy of the Lord, not of the world, of the Lord. When we look and seek and reach out for things that are not you or that are, are uh, of, a, of, a, of a tangent even, we find that if we're not in you, in our obedience, humbling ourselves before you, giving you praise for who you are, then we find that we are off course. So I pray that you'd bring us on course with our obedience and bring that joy into our lives and see with a smiling face and a full heart that you indeed are God. You indeed love us. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would lead in us through this podcast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I started out with kind of a little story about from the book, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. There was a lull in the action, and of course, back in World War One, that was a, a gruesome time as well. All, all wars are gruesome, but the trenches, trench warfare. So there was a ceasefire, in a sense, and it was quiet. The soldier was looking out, and um, he saw a butterfly, he, it, and it brought back all kinds of memories of his childhood and, and brought some color to, a, to death in that dark place. And uh, he reached out to touch it, and a, and a sniper saw him and um, took his life, actually. And the point, the point I think Peter Marshall was making in that story is there's a risk to reach for things of beauty. And like you said before, there's a risk um, to reach out uh, for God, actually. says, many of us are like the boy in the trenches, so battered and bloodied from the battles of life that our dreams have been driven into cynical silence by all the stoves that have burned us, all the hateful people who have hurt us, all the huge barriers that have intimidated us, yet no sniper's bullet has been quite able to put those dreams to death. And there's still that that hope within us, actually, that God put us in us when, we, when he first brought us into his kingdom. They might have went to sleep, but a lot of times we get calloused. Uh, as far as I remember, when you first become a believer, you're excited, and you... Uh, or it was for me. I studied and couldn't get enough, and then after time, if I didn't keep that up, it would it cooled off. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have dreams that maybe we have put to rest. But uh, the fact is, is um, is we have to know that there are butterflies out there, and butterflies meaning the joy and the beauty, beauty in Christ. You know, and the the enemy tries to tell us is no, you're. You're, there's no butterflies, and besides that, <laughs> your hope—you have no hope. You know, you're going to live a miserable death. You're going to die, uh, whatever. And he tries to rob us of that joy every day. And, uh, and one of the things we realize in life, butterflies do exist. You know, like I said, Diane's got a couple of butterfly bushes, and and her a lot. She gains a lot of joy by looking at those those butterflies, and. Uh, and God, God has those butterflies for us out there. We just, you know, we have to, to risk to reach them. Uh, world wars are over, but most of us soldiering in the trenches seems an unlucky prospect. War rages all around us, you know. 
one of the things about it in Ephesians chapter 6, and we've talked about this numerous times, is putting on the armor of God every day mm-hmm. That's right. to go out into the fight. And we don't like to think, we don't like to think of war, but we are at war. I mean, uh, the scripture really alludes to that, that we are at war uh, with Satan who wants our souls, he wants our, our children, he wants, to, he wants to destroy us. We, have, we can fight him though, we've got the power to, to fight him with this armor. Um, verse 20, and Paul is saying this, when we think about modern warfare, we don't fight these bottles with hand-to-hand combat. Combat To win this war, we, it has to be won on our knees. In verse 20, Ephesians 6, pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. And it's interesting in verse 19, he says, and pray for me too. You know, we talk about praying for people, and uh, not only, a lot of times we pray for people that are ill, that are sick, but we need to pray for those uh, in our life that are on the front lines or are doing battle. I mean, your leaders and on and on every day. It says, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. That And that's Hebrews 13, 18. So... And in, in verse 19, and I urge you all to do more of this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. And Paul's talking about that. But, you know, a lot of times we'll say, yeah, we'll pray for you. And I don't know if we always do, not to the degree that we put the emphasis on that. People will tell us that. You know, I try to pray right then. Even if it's a short prayer I've done, I've prayed for that. I lift them up. It's like this morning with the, the text that we got to pray for a certain person mm-hmm. going through surgery. Immediately, I prayed right then. I don't wait. Right. It's, it's, it's a lot better to do that. For many of us, our battlefields take the form of impossible situations, and we desperately need reinforcements. So we all have our own battlefields. Maybe it's a marriage, uh, a job. It could be your finances, your health. Whatever it is, that, that we take that and we, and we give that to God. And, and, uh, and we don't think there's a, a butterfly in sight. We don't see any beauty. We don't see any joy. And I, we went to Mark 9 with the story about the demonic son, how the father uh, had put his trust in Christ. Um, to do that and we read pretty much that whole story in the midst of the raging battle for his son's life that father caught a glimpse of a butterfly he saw he saw some hope he saw some joy in that and when he stretched out his hand to take hold of it he found the strong hand of the Savior Christ saved his son is what he said but the problem was with that in that story the father first told Jesus, "Hey, your disciples couldn't do this." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were, they were disillusioned or uh, up in the air over that. So they asked Jesus in, in verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, "Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit?" Jesus replied, "This kind can be cast out only by prayer." I think maybe they they tried to do it without without prayer. They just demon be gone but in the sense if you don't use the name of Christ if you don't do it in prayer it, it's not going to happen it's like well, it's yeah. like the sons of Sceva they tried right. it and that, that, that demon 
beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that, that is a, a great lesson. Of course, the disciples and the, the stories are always having the, taking the beating for us and giving us their life stories by asking, "Well, why couldn't we do it, Lord?" Yeah. You know. And of course, then the Lord's saying, and "This is through prayer." What they're saying is, through the Father, He is the one where the source of our power mm-hmm. comes from. They had Jesus with them. They had Jesus, and He had been taught. But the understanding was that what they continued to see Jesus do was to go off and be with the Father. Mm-hmm. And this is the type of thing that we need to do. We need to be on guard with our with the Father. So I think the biggest battle for folks today, especially in America, the biggest battle is the mundane, the everyday, well, I think the so complacent. Too. I agree with that. Because that's where you become comfortably numb. That's where you become a part of that complacency of apathy and just, well, I'm I'm doing life and then things happen and they're like, Oh my gosh, what's happening? Mm-hmm. The thing is is that God is always, always there and near and wants to have a relationship that is vibrant, bringing so many things into our life that we can't even see. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's butterflies that, you know, the butterflies in the battlefield. In all of our lives, there are certain situations that require us to um, to reach out for the butterflies, the situations that can't be solved by anything short of reaching out to God in prayer. Christ's words to that faithful father are no less true for us today. All things are possible to him that believes. You know, it it it. it it comes to the point where we turn our impossible situations over over to him. There's two lasting principles we should remember from this idea of butterflies in the battlefield. First, in life's battles, there are snipers of fear that human hearts can't ignore. And like the soldier in the trenches, we usually all are all too conscious of the dangers around us. We fear being hurt, being rejected, failing, having our faults exposed. Just, just because those fears a butterfly is a butterfly. And unless we take the risk of reaching past that, past those fears in prayer, we'll never glimpse the faith of God. And then second, in life's battles, there are butterflies of faith that natural eyes cannot envision. It, it's that stepping out in prayer and, and, and it's seeking God and He... he uh, where do we go for advice? You go to God. If we go to our friends who aren't believers, they don't they don't have any hope they can give you. It's just earthly advice or earthly wisdom. Wisdom and uh, a lot of situations um, today at work around the water fountain or whatever is is the state of America and the big debate on whether to wear a mask or whether to get vaccines or not, and that's, you don't go to those people for help. You have to go to Christ because as you reach out for God, they want to drag you back in the trench, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So, so that, and then, you know, we ended up talking about that. One of the last things Peter Marshall said as, as he used that story as an illustration, he said, there's always a risk when you reach for the beautiful. When you reach out for the lovelier, the finer, more fragrant things of life, there is always a risk and you can't escape it. The risk is what makes the Christian life exciting. It is thrilling. Make no mistakes about it. It's an adventure. As long as we live in this world, there will always be a risk in reach. And that was the 
point as we kind of landed that plane is to ask people, uh, are you willing to take that risk to find that butterfly or that joy in life? Um, that answer from God that you seek in an impossible situation. So That's right. Well, that is good stuff, and it really does uh, lead into, um, you know, as most of your messages do, you know, one form or another leads into um, this next week, which is talking about God's will. When we reach out in risk to reaching out for God, then he shows us his will, and that risk right there <laughs> is saying, well, I want you to work in this area. I want you to focus in on this area that you've never mm-hmm. seen, and maybe it, it can be a seasonal change in your life. And and that risk, uh, but we always know that when we his will shows up and we recognize it and our relationship is good, then he's going to equip us. Yeah, and this, this it, that's interesting that that this sermon started talking about the whole concept of World War One and how does God equip us to do His will? I I've started out with a list of the top items: combat experience, Marines of the Third Platoon, C Company, First Battalion, Third Marine Regiment, feel are the most important that a Marine should carry in combat, beside the standard issue of equipment and weapons. And then I go I go through that list that these guys have picked these things out, and and it's like we put on the armor of God. Uh, to, to go, but as we go into, um, a, it, it'd be unthinkable to send a soldier into combat without necessary supplies, for not only is the success on the line, but his, his very life of survival. It would be equally unthinkable for God to en- enlist us into his service without equipping us to do his will. In his benedictory farewell, the writer of the Hebrews broaches, broaches this issue. This is the last message, and finally in Hebrews 13. So we're going to be moving on uh, to something else, but that's kind of where we're going. I uh, week after next, I guess it uh, is. Uh, I'm getting into the book of Ecclesiastes, the wisdom of Solomon. So here's there's there's several benedictions found in the Scripture. The architect of Hebrews is like a grand cathedral. Its themes are lofty. An arching revelation about the supremacy of Christ is awe-inspiring. Its alcoves of New Testament allusions are imparabelled in the New Testament. And like any worship service held in a cathedral, it draws us to a close with a benediction. Benedictions are found throughout the Old and New Testament. Several stand out in particular. Number 6, 24 through 26, Moses told Aaron and his sons to bless the children of Israel. Man, how many times have we heard this passage? It's number 6, uh, 24 through 26, like I said. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. How many times have you heard that? Many. Often. Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Jude 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. And so here, here in Hebrews um, 13, 20, and 21, here's a benediction regarding God's will. Now the God of peace who brought us up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus, our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, 
through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. What, what makes, who makes God's wills happen? You know, verse 20 refers to the God of peace. Um, a practical paraphrase of this term might be mental health. The meaning of the word peace is crucial not only to understand the nature of God, but also to understand the outworkings of his will on earth. The next phrase in Hebrews 13:20, who brought you up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep. Not God is not only a, a God of peace, he's a God of power. His power raised Jesus uh, from the dead, actually. How does God's will happen? Hebrews 11:20. the writer refers to Jesus as the great shepherd of the sheep. He will nourish and refresh us. He will protect us from the wolves that would attack us. That's, that's um, Psalm 23:1. So as sheep, we are prone to wander. As sheep, we are also defenseless. And then we, we get into talking about how God equips us to do that. For it is God who is at work in you, both will and work for his good pleasure, Philippians 2.13. So the result that follows, here's some concluding thoughts. As we approach the close of this message let, uh, with the messages in Hebrew, we come full circle and return to the benediction and where it talks about the God of peace. Regarding God, since he is God, there's three, there's three areas regarding God. Regarding God, since he is a God of peace who cannot die, we should stop worrying regarding his will. And then at, at the end, I, I just asked some questions about God's will that we all need to answer. Do you feel you're in God's will? Mm-hmm. See, it comes down, like I, I say this a lot, but it, it is, and at the end of any message, it's just us and God. Yeah, there's tons of people around us, but in, in all essence, I'm not, God is, is speaking to us individually and personally. And you ask the question, do you feel you're in God's will? Why or why not? What one thing could you do to be more in God's will? And then glorifying God, what does what does this phrase mean to you glorifying God how can you know when you're glorifying God or not you know and that's uh, that's kind of where we're going and sometimes we go over these messages and it's kind of confusing because you don't <laughs> you don't hear the same thing uh, we don't go through it word to word like we do in the message but it's just kind of a it's kind of an overview uh, overview yeah, a little God, tickler that's right that, that God has equipped us uh, he's gifted us he has given us protection he's given us a weapon which is the sword of the spirit and then he has given us a purpose in life and it's his will that we follow his purpose mm-hmm. therein lies the problem for a lot of us we got our own will yeah so they butt heads that's right the will of god and the will of eddie it it butts heads that's i think that's part of the struggles that we have oh. on a daily basis because in that in that vein we still have that stinking old nature, that monkey on our back. And he whispers as well, you can't, the only way you can silence the old nature is being full more of the Holy Spirit and, and listen to the Holy Spirit's voice over that voice of the old nature. Yeah, and that's true. And, 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 and the way to do that is to, is to really truly ask the Lord to separate me Right. So, what is that? Sanctification. It's, our journey. It's setting apart. It's, a, it's and that's Lord not a once for all apart. deal. No. It's every day. <laughs> set me apart, Father. But there, there, there comes a time in our lives. I believe that it's, it's a time in our lives when we're saying, I'm, own, I'm owning up to this Christian life. Mm-hmm. 
Am I in? Yes, but am I in? Am I stepping forward? Am I working on the journey of my life, recognizing that God wants more of me? Mm -hmm. And so that's when we say, we come to a point and we say, Father, I want your will. Above and beyond all things, I want your will. And so therefore, to know that will, I need to be set apart for you. So Mm -hmm. sanctify me and do that great work in me. And much like uh, we've heard many, uh, well, as I grew up, I heard many sermons about the fact of how that separation looks like. But one of those things is that example I gave about a year ago and where we talked about how that cauldron, how the how the, it's likened unto a silversmith and, and how that heat rises up in our life. Mm-hmm. And there's crud and stuff that comes up. Dross, are, we willing, you know. are we willing to let the Lord ladle that off and pull that from our lives even though we've held on to it for years? Yeah. Exactly God's good. Right. His so. will is perfect. Well, it's, it's His will that, that we all uh, exceed in life. It's His will that the fruit of the Spirit comes out of our life daily. It's like you said before, when we get in the mundane, boy, it's... <laughs> yeah, it, and it's easy to do. You yeah, slack we, off a little bit. You slack off your prayer life. You slack off in the Word, and it, it comes up on It comes on you. And you slip. We slip into that comfortable slippers and comfortable mode of life and and uh, we find this uh, that we're that we're actually falling back and not just in a little uh, you know we're not just sitting dormant we're we're actually uh, I think doing a decline a little uh, Thessalonians allude to that that they knew Jesus was coming back so they weren't going to do anything they're just going to kick back and wait Paul said, "Hey, get with the program. You don't work, you don't eat. You got to stay. You got to stay engaged. <laughs> yes. You can't just go hide on a mountaintop and wait for Jesus to come back. That's That'd be great if is. you could do that, but yeah. that's not the way it works. Right. So that's where we're at. Well, Pastor, why don't you pray with us uh, and, and for us here as we uh, move on out of this uh, time together? Lord, we love you, and uh, we thank you for loving us. It's paramount <laughs> on our hearts and our minds." You are a good, good Father, and you continue to love us and uh, fill us with grace and mercy. And may we not take advantage of that. And Lord, may all of us who hear this today really consider and ask ourselves, are we in your will? Are we doing what you want us to do? Are we following the path that you laid out for us? And if we're not, we need to make some adjustment. And that's, that's my prayer today for all of us, that we do that. That if we need to change whatever we need to do, And keep us safe, Lord, and in this world, uh, with all the voices that we hear from so many directions, may we hear your voice uh, above all others. And may your truth be the truth in our lives, uh, above all other truth that, all other (laughs) information that we hear, because, you know, anymore we don't know what's true and what isn't. So help us to discern that. We love you, God, and we thank you for our church. May we continue to to follow you and and, uh, be found faithful in your sight. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, thank you for joining me again here uh, during this time frame, and I appreciate the words of wisdom and the things that we've talked about. You know, as we move forward in life, uh, we're going to continue to feel fine challenges, and and, uh, it's what we do uh, in whose hands that we place them in. So as you move forward today, as as you need uh, encouragement and in prayer, 
Uh, remember that we're here. Remember those faithful brothers and sisters that are around you, that you can text and that you can call Amen. and you can uh, touch base with. And, and if you're one of those that need to encourage others today, may you do that. And uh, may this find us in obedience and continue to striving forward for the love of God. So thankful that you joined us. I pray that you would have a great rest of your day and uh, rest of your week. And if you can join us on Sunday, please do it and bring a friend. And until then, we'll say goodbye.